Oh my. Oh my! A full week has passed since we last did this show. And interesting developments have taken place. The Jackets are struggling, but got the ship going the right direction last night against the Bruins. While the Walleye, after pummeling the state of Indiana last weekend, can't get anything going against the state of Indiana this past weekend. And the Cyclones getting the job done. The Browns are now, in my opinion, the front runner to win. We'll have to find out. And it's time to break down those brackets. Step onto the hard court because the NCAA tournament is just around the corner. And we have all your details about the All Andy Elford Bracket Challenge and so much more tonight. But the push to the playoffs start now for the Jackets. And it's time for All Andy Elford. The push to the playoffs and the taste Lord Stanley's Cup begins now right here on All Andy Elford. you guys and welcome into another edition of all andy Alford tonight right here on the anchor network and you are listening to me on the plethora of platforms whether it be on itunes and apple music thank you so much for tuning in tonight whether it be on google Podcasts, podcast now stitcher we're also on spotify as well you're listening to me with the anchor network thank you for tuning into the program tonight and however you're listening to me Wherever you're listening to me and whenever you're listening to me, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. Got a lot to get into tonight, of course. We'll talk about the NCAA tournament coming up this upcoming week. All the conference championship games that are happening this week. Also dive in a little bit about my reaction to this past weekend's WWE's Fastlane pay-per-view. And an absolute shocker. To say the to say the least. Also, going to dive in a little bit about the uh, the Browns and how about the Browns? We'll talk about that here in just a second. But first and foremost, you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Elford. It is at all Andy Elford. You can always be a part of the show by using the hashtag AAA Live when you listen to the program. And you can pop it on on your Twitter, type in AA, and you want to answer ask a question, it will be read on air. So 
welcome aboard. First and foremost, before we begin tonight, I want to give a special thank you to the one and only Mr. Dave Gerke from the Toledo School for the Arts. This past Saturday night, um, had the opportunity to uh, be a part of his big ticket showdown and uh, had a, it was kind of like an auctioneer kind of thing. Uh, and be a part of the Toledo School for the Arts Stepping Out program. And uh, I don't know if you all are aware of it. I know some people are that listen to this podcast. But um, to those that have never heard this before, I was a graduate from Toledo School for the Arts. I graduated with a music degree. Um, I, I usually I used to sing. I, I still do once in a while, of course. But... Um, yeah, I had the opportunity to do this for my for my school. Got to catch up with a lot of my friends from the alumni organization. Um, it was absolutely a blast of a time, and um, I am truly grateful for Dave Gerke and for all the administration staff and all of my time at TSA for everything, all the faculty, all the staff, all my friends, all those that you know were haters in the back in the day that you know I appreciate every single one of you uh to make me the man that I am today and I am a I am a truly appreciative of being a part of the program and if you're I know a lot of you were at the pot at the uh stepping out and you heard uh Gerke plug the po- the podcast and the, if you're just subscribing for the first time welcome aboard we talk Local, national, regional sports talk right here. And um, with a focus in on some certain teams, of course. And uh, we begin tonight. We're going to dive into the NHL. First and foremost, I know the Browns is a top subject, but hockey is priority number one this time of year. And we're going to start with a team out of the capital city of Ohio, and that is the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I tell you, folks, Inconsistent play is really hurting me right now. This team is really hurting me. It's really, and and I'll say this. Saturday night, I was at Step It Out. And before the event, I was listening to the music. It's beautiful music. And when the time, the low time when me, when I wasn't chatting with everybody at the table that I was with, I was on my phone watching the Jackets play the Pittsburgh Penguins. This was a big game for the Jackets because the, they played the Penguins twice in one week. Now, if you haven't been following the news and notes of the Jackets, like probably most of you are, the Jackets did make some big moves at free agents at, at the deadline, the NHL trade deadline, picking up Matt Duchesne, Ryan Dezingle, as well as Keith Kincaid, and Adam McQuaid to boost their offensive production for this upcoming playoff run. However, the chemistry has not been there for the Jackets. And if you go back to the previous podcast, I literally said to you, the fans of the Jackets, and I kind of still stick by this, the percentages have gone up just a tad, but there is a strong possibility that this team will not make the playoffs. There's a 37% chance that this team is not going to make the playoffs. And it scares me as a fan because we waste we picked up all these we gave away all these draft picks 
for this year's draft for guys that are going to be leaving us at the end of this season. Now, they can't sign Matt Duchesne and Ryan Dezingo. I think that's a strong possibility. I think I think that's a really cl- good chance that they'll sign those two guys. But Kincaid, I think it's a, it's a toss coin flip. Quaid's going to be gone as well. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Jackets. And then you have the whole struggle with Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky. In my opinion, I think you keep Bobrovsky. You have to keep Bobrovsky. He has won you so many games. He has bailed you out so many times. Goaltending is number one in the NHL. Forward play is number two. When you come, when it comes to signing, a goaltender is key. A great goaltender will help you win games. Keep the puck out of the back of the net. And Columbus has got one in Sergei Bobrovsky. The thing is, can the Jackets get the job done in signing him? And as of late, Bobrovsky has not been Bobrovsky. Inconsistent play with him really has you know has said a lot. Has set him back a lot. And for me, this is a these are big games coming forward for the Jackets. Now when I last left you, the Jackets were going in to playing Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. A big pivotal game for the Jackets. And it was on national television. I, I, I stress this again. The Jackets on national television are absolutely atrocious. Back in February, on the, 20, on the 18th of February, they played the Tampa Bay Lightning at Nationwide Arena and got beat 6-1. to one. For me... It couldn't get any worse. But it did. As Thursday night, the Jackets went into PBG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and got shut out by the Pittsburgh Penguins 3 to nothing. 3 to nothing. Hot dog Phil Kessel if you don't know why I say hot dog, go back to previous podcasts. Hot dog Phil Kessel started the scoring up for the 22nd of the season. And by the way, Bobrovsky did not start the game. It was Jonas Corpusal. And Bobrovsky's not that great against Pittsburgh this season. And it's a career. So I, when I saw that he was scratched out of this game, I thought maybe there's a chance that we can actually get the W in Pittsburgh. But no. No. Phil Kessel starting the scoring in the first period, his 22nd of the season. It was not one nothing Pittsburgh after 20 minutes. Then, at the 1847 mark of the second period, Nick Bustad gets his ninth of the season from Schultz and McCann. It's 2-0 Pittsburgh, and I'm sitting at home watching this game, and I'm saying to myself, all right, we need a rally in the third period. We need a big rally in the third period. And chance after chance after chance, and they can't capitalize. This game should have been in favor for the Jackets. 
the scoring chances were there for the Jackets. But Crosby getting the empty netter with less than 30 seconds to go in the third period. And the Pittsburgh Penguins defeat the Columbus Blue Jackets last Thursday night by a final score of 3 to nothing. The Penguins out shooting the Jackets in the game 31 to 25. Both teams at 50% at the faceoff dot. Pittsburgh 1 for 5 on the power play. Columbus 0 for 3. The Penguins out hitting the Jackets in the game 48 to 46. Leading in the blocks department, they dominated this game from start to finish. Corpusalo, like I said, getting the start, stopping 28 of 30. Save percentage of .933. Matt Murray stopping all 25 shots in the game. So the Jackets fall to the Penguins on national television, three to nothing. And I'm, I'm, I after this game. I said that there's no chance this team can make it now. I said it out loud. I said it to all my friends. I said it to my family. I said it to my loving girlfriend. I said this team is not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to win at all. I'd be lucky if we get in. The game on Saturday has to be a must-win game, I said. A must-win game. And they came out and did that. Strong in the game from start to finish. Jenner with a beautiful opening goal on Saturday night at Nationwide Arena in front of a sold-out Nationwide Arena. Great to see hockey in Central Ohio sold out. As the Jackets getting a 4-1 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jenner, his 12th of the season at the first period. His 12th of the season from Josh Anderson and Nick Foligno. It was 1-0 two minutes into the first period. And I'm saying to myself, when the Jackets were leading... All right, here's, here's a stat for you. When the Jackets score first this season, the Jackets are 25-5-2. and two. Overall, going into Saturday's game when they scored first. Here's why I say that. In the second period, 2 minutes and 17 seconds into the second period, Cam Atkinson getting his 37th goal of the season on a breakaway, shorthanded, a 2-0 lead for the Jackets. Before then, Austin Reese, Zach Austin Reese for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Cutting the deficit to one, it was 2-1 in favor of Columbus from Mulkin and Kessel on the assist. And then the Jackets put the foot down in the third period. And that was the best period of hockey I have ever seen. This team performed this season. They played their hearts out. They knew that this game meant a lot. And Oliver Bjorkstrand stepped up to the plate. It wasn't Panarin. It wasn't Duchesne. It wasn't DeSingle. No, it is a sophomore to junior hockey player in Oliver Bjorkstrand. Putting... The go-ahead goal for the Jackets. 
his 14th of the year. Duchesne and single did get points in that with the assist. It was 3-1 Columbus. And then Atkinson with his 38th of the season in the empty net. Puts the Penguins away. And the Jackets get a 4-1 win against Pittsburgh. It was the first time, and I'm going to say this, and I will you will all be shocked by this. This is the first time Columbus has defeated Pittsburgh in regular season play. You got to go back to February 27th, 2017. That was the last time that this team in regular season play defeated the Pittsburgh Penguins. And when they won that game, I was at up I was at the attic downtown with Lucas Sigerson, John Hare, Jacob Parr, and Megan Leslie, and I was sitting in the parking lot listening to the game because I didn't get a chance to watch it until the next day. When I was sitting there listening to the game, I got out of the car and I did a fist I, I did a fist pump. I was like, yes! We're on the right page. We're on the right page. Maybe we're starting to gel together. Boy, was I wrong. And I'll say that in just a, why in just a second. The Jackets did outshoot Pittsburgh in the game 33 to 29. Pittsburgh 51% from the faceoff dot Columbus 49%. Both teams over on the power play. The Jackets didn't outhit the Penguins in the game 22 to 13. And how about this? Sergei Bobrovsky gets the win against Pittsburgh stopping 28 of 29 his save percentage a .966 overall. Matt Murray stopping 29 of 32 save percentage of a .906. So the Jackets getting the 4-1 win at Nationwide Arena so it sets up what I was saying. Could this team be on the right path? Could it be gelling at the right time now? Could it be gelling at the right time? He had two pivotal games coming forward. With a game against the Islanders and the Bruins last night. The Bruins last night, the Islanders on Monday. We'll get to the Monday game first. And it's proving to me that the Islanders are for real, folks. They're the team that's going to be leading the Metro going into this season, into this playoff run. And they shut out the Jackets 2 to nothing at Nassau Coliseum on the island. Pulak getting his 8th of the season started the scoring for the Islanders. It was one nothing after 20 minutes. And after 40 minutes, it was one nothing For Andres Lee getting the empty netter in the third period. And the Jackets had chance after chance again. They had missed opportunities, bad passing, as well as shots that they should be making and putting the puck on. That's what's wrong with the Jackets right now. The Jackets are struggling with putting the puck on net and seeing if a play can develop. 
they dangle the puck too much out on the blue line, and then once they get that gets deflected out or onto the neutral zone, it's a foot race because one player is back, and two players are coming forward. So it's a two-on-one, and Bobrovsky has no chance. No chance. You look at the Tampa game, that's a perfect example of that when they were on national television. Two goals because of bad passing and bad setups. But the Jackets needed this win against the Islanders to keep the momentum going. And they lost 2 to nothing. The Jackets did outshoot the Islanders in the game 31 to 20, but the Islanders led in the faceoff dot at 67% to 33%. The Jackets out hit the Islanders in the game 37 to 27. It was uh Bobrovsky starting the game again stopping 18 of 19, save percentage of a point 9.47. Grass starting for the Islanders, he stopped all 31 shots. So then you get to last night, and I was looking at this game, and I saw that the, after the game against the Islanders, my thought was this. Okay, Boston's in town. Boston's right there. We could be, if it, if all possible, if, if it was set up to this today, it would be the Lightning, It would at the time, it would be the Lightning playing the Jackets in the first round of the playoffs because we would be the last wild card team. And we'll get to the update of the standings here in just a second. So the Jackets would play the Lightning, and if God forgot some reason that the Jackets would defeat the, uh, the Lightning in some odd reason, they would play the winner of the Boston-Toronto series. So this would be a nice test to see if we're ready. And they came out and drove the... Drove the game down the ice like Tom Brady does with the New England Patriots. And it was all led to a guy that sometimes you have to call Boone Jenner. But the problem was inconsistent play in this game. You see a lot of moving pieces and it was such a high-scoring game. 11 goals all together in the game. 11. And this time of year to see that kind of a high-scoring game, it's either a team that's way out of the league or there's a problem in the nets. And Boston's got some problems. The Jackets unloaded three goals in the first period alone. But it did start with the Bruins getting on the board first. Patrice Bergeron, his 26th of the season from Brad Marchant. It was 1-0 four minutes into the first period for Josh Anderson getting his 23rd goal of the season. Tying the game at one apiece on a backhanded shot. But then, finally, Ryan Dezingle finally steps up to the damn plate and beats Tukaras getting his first goal with the Jackets. First goal with the Jackets. 
his 23rd overall of the season, and it's 2-1. Then, a broken play out front of Tuka Rass leads to Boone Jenner getting the tip rebound shot and getting his first goal of the evening. And it was 3-1 after 20 minutes of play at Nationwide Arena. Then, finally, getting back on the scoreboard is Matt Duchesne! It's 29th of the season, second with the Blue Jackets this year after the trade deadline. From Dezingo and Anderson, it's 4-1 CBJ. And then Jenner again. Making it 5-1 Columbus. And then it happened. Something that I was fearful of this team. We let Boston back in the game. We had to stop on the Bruin, stop on the Bear, and choke him out. Choke him out! And we didn't do that! We let him back in the game! Brad Marchand, his 29th of the season. Wagner, his 12th of the season. And then Marchand again, his second goal of the period. His 30th. And after 40 minutes, it was 5-4. And I said to myself, this can't be happening. This cannot be happening. We cannot be having a breakdown in this game. Someone's got to step up to the plate. And Zach Attack did. Zach Wierenski, the pride of Michigan, who went to the University of Michigan, beats Tuka Rass. It's 6-4 Columbus. At the 12-21 mark of the third period, putting the go-ahead goal. The winning goal, an empty netter, 9 1913 of the third period, and who else but Boone Jenner? His first hat trick with the Blue Jackets. First career hat trick with the Blue Jackets. Gets the number one overall star in my book this week. And we have a new feature coming up the three stars for this week for the Jackets. And the Jackets get a 7-4 win over the Bruins at Nationwide Arena. Shots on goal in the game. The Jackets out shooting Boston 35-31. They led in the faceoff that 64% to 36%. Columbus 1-4 on the power play. Their power play is getting a lot better, folks. Martin St. Louis is helping this team out tremendously. But they did out, get out hit in the game 22 to 18. Bobrovsky stopping 27 of 31. His save percentage of 0.871. Tuka Rass stopping 19 of 24 in the game. His save percentage of 0.792. Halak then comes into the game stopping 9 of 10 in the game. His save percentage of 0.90. So the Jackets getting the job done against the Bruins, and now it's time for the new feature tonight. It is the three stars of the week for our Columbus Blue Jackets, and here is 
Here's the number the number three star this week goes to you, the Columbus Blue Jackets fans. Consecutive sellouts for the Boston game. Consecutive sellout for the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. For this city to come out and support its team, I give you guys the number three star. The number two star this week does go to Ryan Dezingle. Now I gave you credit. I gave a little bit of a, a bite there, saying that Dezingle hasn't stepped up to the plate, hasn't kicked up a notch. But the game against against Pittsburgh with the assist and the goal last night against the Boston Bruins, helping his case out, getting the number two star. But the number one star does go to Boone Jenner with the hat trick against the Boston Bruins, getting this team back on the right page and helping this team out. He has four goals in his last in his last three games for the Jackets. Got to give him credit for this one. So the number one star goes to Boone Jenner. So Boone, the number one star. The number two star goes to Ryan Dezingle. And the number three star to you, the Columbus Blue Jacket fans. So what is in store for the Jackets next? The Jackets will then now play the Carolina Hurricanes this upcoming Friday night at Nationwide Arena, a 7 o'clock puck drop against the team of jerks, as some people are saying, before they head to Boston to see the Bruins play. And that starts a road trip for the Jackets that sees them four games in three time zones. That's right, four games in three time zones. The Jackets go from Boston to Calgary to Edmonton to Vancouver. The Western Canadian trip for the Jackets could help this team out before we get the chance to see them Next Tuesday, not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, the 26th of March, 2018, and when the Jackets battle the Islanders at Nationwide Arena. We'll give you the details on that in just a little bit, but you are listening to all Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now. However you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program and let's continue our discussion about the NHL and let's dive a little bit more into the standings as well as games that happened last night that could help the Jackets overall. So we're going to be looking at the games now for the Jackets. These are big games for the Jackets. And we're looking into, into the Eastern Conference standings to see games that are affecting the Jackets from last night and we'll start off with the big game that happened at PBG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The defending Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals who hold the second Metro spot right now battled the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins are are in front of the Jackets right now and they got a 5-3 win over the Washington Capitals. It was a, a barrage of scoring for the Penguins in the game. Crosby his 32nd and 33rd. Phil Kessel his 23rd in the game. Looking at other games that happened as well. Montreal was a winner of 3-1 over the Red Wings. It was the Devils losing to Calgary 9-4. Nashville getting the loss in Anaheim 3-2. Tonight on the docket for the NHL looks like this. The Devils are at Edmonton to battle the Oilers. The Rangers are in Vancouver to take on the Canucks. And the NBCSN game tonight is the Chicago Blackhawks, who are six points out of a wild card out of a wild card spot, 
are battling the Toronto Maple Leafs. Looking at the standings going into today's play. Okay. Top eight teams, well, top six teams in each division make the playoffs. There's two wildcard spots, of course. And I'm just explaining this to the fans that are new to the podcast. I know a lot of you are new to the podcast. I wanted to explain a little bit of it. The NHL has a thing where six teams and, and three teams from each division make the playoffs. There's a three con- There's four conferences overall. I mean, excuse me, there's four divisions overall, two conferences in play. The Jackets are in the Metropolitan Division. We'll get to them here in just a second. But in the Atlantic Division, the best team overall in the NHL is the Tampa Bay Lightning. They clinched a playoff spot with... With a record of 53-13-4 with 110 points. With Boston's loss last night to the Jackets, they are now 42-19-9 with 93 points. Toronto is 42-22-5 with 89 points. Now here is the Metropolitan Division. In first place is now the Washington Capitals with a record of 41-22-7 with 89 points. The Islanders are now 40-22-7 with 87 points. Pittsburgh is in third place. With a record of 38-23-9 with 85 points. Now here is the wild card standings. And these can change by the daily. Okay. Wild card race looks like this. The top team in the wild card race in the Eastern Conference is the Carolina Hurricanes. At 38-24-7 with 83 points. In second place, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Who are 39, 28, and 3 with 81 points. On the outside, who can bump the Jackets out of the playoff spot? The Montreal Canadiens are 37, 26, and 7 with 81 points. Philadelphia is 34, 27, and 8 with 76 points. Florida is 30, 27, and 12 with 72 points. Now, these are the other teams in the Eastern Conference that are probably are not going to make the playoffs. The Buffalo Sabres are 30-30-9 with 69 points. The Rangers are 28-28-13 with 69 points. The Devils are 25-36-9 with 59 points. The Detroit Red Wings are in ninth place with a record of 24-36-10 with 58 points. And the Ottawa Senators are 23-41-6 with 52 points. In the Western Conference, Winnipeg is in front in the Central Division with a record of 40-25-4 with 84 points. The Nashville Predators are 39-27-6 with 83 points. And the St. Louis Blues are 36-26-7 with 79 points. The Pacific Division looks like this. It is the San Jose Sharks at a record of 43-19-8 with 94 points. They are the best team in the Western Conference. Second best is the Calgary Flames who are 43-20-7 with 93 points. The Vegas Golden Knights are 38-27-5 with 81 points. Wild card race looks like this, and it is open, folks, to business in the Eastern Conference. Dallas is 36-28-5 with 77 points. Arizona is 35-30-5 with 75 points. And they are the top two wild card teams as of right now. On the outside looking in, is the Minnesota Wild are 33-29-8 with 74 points. Colorado is 30-28-12 and 12 with 72 points. So Lucas's team is still in the mix. And like I said, Chicago is 30-30-9 with 69 points. Still in the hunt. As well as Edmonton, who is 31-31-7 and 7 
with 69 points overall. These teams are not going to make the playoffs. Vancouver is 28-32-9 with 65 points. Anaheim, 28-34-9 with 65 points. And the LA Kings is 25-36-8 with 58 points. So we are getting into the final three weeks of the NHL season. April 10th is the playoffs begin. So we'll see what happens. I hope you're ready for the playoff push right here on All Andy Elford. As you're listening to All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, that is either on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Stitcher, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me. Thank you for tuning in, and I am your host, Andy Elford. We just recapped the NHL, and now we're going to talk about the premier double-A hockey team in the Premier AA Hockey League, and that is the East Coast Hockey League. Yes, we're going to talk about the Walleye as well, too. The Walleye having a week of struggles against the state of Indiana. I'll tell you, folks, it's a shock to me for this team to be so good and then for it all just to crash down on them just says a lot you know and we get we we got some good pieces coming back now uh Kevin Tansy it was released from the Stockton Stockton Thunder and that's the AAA farm team of the Calgary Flames he was released the other night last night He'll be coming back to the Walleye to play. And they might be playing this weekend as the Walleye are home this weekend, Friday and Saturday, before they head to Kalamazoo on Sunday on St. Patrick's Day. And we'll get to that in just a second. But a recap for the Walleye this past week. And they are in a tailspin, folks. I tell you, four, three games in a row of losing for this, for this Walleye team. Losing this past Saturday night against Fort Wayne. But before that, going north of the border to play in Brampton, Ontario, and losing to the Beast by a score of 4-1 to one does not help the case out for the Walleye. As Brampton opened up the scoring with Bingard, his ninth of the season, in the second period, it was 1-0. One, one and then again, Racine, his ninth, fifth of the season, and Todd, his 25th of the season, it was 3-0. After 40 minutes of play at the Powerade Center in Brampton, Ontario. Before Dylan Saddleway gets his 19th of the season, cutting the deficit to 1. Cutting the deficit to 2, it was 3-1. to one, But then it was Champini, his 11th of the season, bearing it in and getting the overall game winner for the Brampton Beast as they beat the Walleye 4 to one. Toledo outshot in the game 38 to 32. Brampton 0 for 2 on the power play. Columbus, not Columbus, but Toledo was 1 for 1 on the power play system. In goal for the walleye was Pat Nagel. He stopped 34 of 37 in the game. Patterson, the former walleye goaltender, getting the win. He stopped 31 of 32. So the walleye losing this past Wednesday on March the 6th. And speaking of other teams in the East Coast League that we follow here on the network, we also follow the Cincinnati Cyclones. The Cyclones went into Indianapolis this past 
Friday night and got the win 4-2 over the Indy Fuel at the Coliseum. And it was Indianapolis getting the early start with two goals in the first period from Misik, uh, Misikovic and Thurnbolt, Thurnbolt for, for Indianapolis. Misik his third, Thurnbolt his first, before Johnson his eighth, Eric Cadolo his 15th of the season, and Powell his 23rd. And it was 2-2, excuse me, it was 2-2 after 40 minutes of play for Powell his 23rd of the season in the third period. Put Cincinnati in front, and it was Stefan with the eventual empty netter giving the Cyclones a 4-2 win over the Indy Field. Cincinnati out shooting Indy in the game 24-20. Both teams 0 for on the power play. Cincinnati 0 for 5. Indy 0 for 3. Michael Hauser stopping 18 of 20. Tompkins stopping 20 of 23 in the game. So Cincinnati getting a big win in Indianapolis, they clinched a playoff spot, by the way. They have clinched a playoff spot. And that was a little bit of a, sh- not really a big shocker to me. But, on Saturday night, the Walleye headed into familiar territory. They went into Fort Wayne to take on the Comets. And the Comets putting a, uh, shellacking on them with Solowski, his 14th of the season. It was one nothing Fort Wayne before Tyler Spezia getting his 11th of the season, tying the game at one apiece after 20 minutes of play, and then Fort Wayne turned it on. Matt Batista, his, uh, Batista, his 11th of the season. Solensky, his 15th of the season and sh- in the second, and then, excuse me, in the third. And Champina, his 31st of the season. In the third period, and the Walleye fall to Fort Wayne at a week after they beat them 11 to nothing at the Huntington Center. They lose to Fort Wayne 4 to 1. Toledo out shooting Fort Wayne in the game 30 to 29. Fort Wayne 1 for 4 on the power play. Toledo 0 for 6. It was Keaton Fulcher stopping 25 of 29 in the game. It was Feline stopping 29 of 30. For the Fort Wayne Comets. So a big game for the Wally to have happen. And they lose big. And then on Sunday. They headed into Indianapolis. Looking to continue and try to get a win. They don't get it done. They get shut out for the first time. This season. On the road. By a score of four to nothing by the Indy Fuel, and it was all Indy Fuel in this game. They were looking for retribution. Bordondra, his eighth of the season in the first period. Josh Shallow, his twenty-sixth. It was two nothing after twenty minutes of play. Thompson's his thirteenth of the season. It was three nothing after forty minutes of play. And then Schumer, his fourth, his first of the season, his fourth goal for Indy in the game, and it was four nothing was the final at Indiana Farmers Coliseum in Indianapolis, Indiana. The Walleye outshot in the game 45-29. to Indianapolis 1-for-3 on the power play. Toledo 0-for-3. Pat Nagel stopping 41-of-45. Tompkins stopping all 29 shots he fought, and he gets the shutout for that. So then we have one other game, of course, to pass along to you. Cincinnati went into Kansas City, Missouri to take on 
the Kansas City Mavericks, and they get a 4-3 win in a shootout over the over the over the over Kansas City Mavericks. It was Cincinnati getting the starting goal off in the second period as Peterson, his ninth of the season, making it one nothing Cincinnati before before Kansas City's Drewsher, his tenth of the season making it 1-1 then Pat Peterson again getting his 10th of the season second goal of the second goal of the night and it was 2-1 Cincinnati after 40 minutes of play Cincinnati then gets another key goal from Alex DeBrinket his third of the season at the 529 mark of the third period before Kansas City getting two goals from DeRozier and Benzel tying the game at three, goes to a shootout. Brady Vale gets stopped in the game. Kansas City went first. Dorinsky misses. Brady Vale then goes for Cincinnati and misses. Betzel goes, misses. Alex Weidman buries it. Pass Golder, past the McDonald. So Joe Roger. The two-goal score for Kansas City in the game goes up and fails. And Cincinnati gets a 4-3 win in Kansas City. Kansas City outshooting Cincinnati in the game 38-29. Both teams 0-4 on the power play. Cincinnati 0-3, Kansas City 0-2. And that's all she wrote. Cincinnati getting the 4-3 win at Kansas City. Now we have some games that are happening tonight. Cincinnati is at home. They'll take on the Fort Wayne Comets. That's a 7 o'clock puck drop. You also have, you also have the Walleye back in action. They'll be back in action at the home ice as it will be pink in the rink this weekend. And I have an Andy Rance here in just a little bit about that. But they will be against Kalamazoo. 7-15 puck drop Friday night. Cincinnati at home to take on the Wheeling, Wheeling Nailers at 735. So they'll be a game to kind of keep your eye on. Saturday, the Walleye will continue their homestand. They'll take on those same Wheeling Nailers. 715 puck drop. Cincinnati then will host Kalamazoo. 735 puck drop at US Bank Arena. Sunday, the concluding game. Toledo travels to Kalamazoo. 3 o'clock puck drop for that one. And Cincinnati is off. This upcoming Sunday. So looking at the standings going into tonight's play. This is what it looks like. Like I mentioned before. Cincinnati has clinched a playoff spot. They are the number one seed it looks like. With a record of 42-10-4-3. With 91 points overall. Toledo 33-18-5-3. With 74 points. Kalamazoo is. Not Kalamazoo. But Fort Wayne is 29-20. 3 and 6 with 67 points. Kalamazoo is 31, 25, 2 and 2 with 66 points. On the outside looking in for the playoff spot in the division is Wheeling at 28, 25 and 6 with and 2 with 64 points. Indianapolis is 29, 28, 2 and 2 with 62 points in the Western Conference. In the other division, the Mountain Conference, it is Tulsa with a record of 35, 21, 4, and 2 with 76 points. Idaho is 35, 21, 3, and 2 with 75 points. 
Utah is 32-24-4 with 72 points. Kansas City is 31-23-3-2 with 67 points. Those are your top four teams. On the outside looking in, looks like this. We have Rapid City is 25-29-5-3 with 58 points. Wichita is 24-28-6-3 with 57 points. And the Allen Americans are 22-37-4-2 with 50 points. Eastern Conference looks like this. In the North Division, Newfoundland is running away with it. At 39-17-4-1 with 83 points. Adirondack 31-22-5-3 with 70 points. Maine is 33-25-2-1 with 69 points. Manchester is 32-25-2-2 with 68 points. On the outside looking in is Brampton at 30-24-5-1 with 66 points. Worcester is 28-23-5-4 with 65 points. And the Reading Royals are 26-26-4-5 with 61 points. In the South Division, the other team that has clinched a playoff spot is the Florida Everblades. And I tell you, folks, they are the best. They are not the best team in the league. Cincinnati is, and Cincinnati has proved it nine times out of ten. Florida is a chump team because they play in a chump conference. If they played in the Western Conference, they would not even be close. Not even be close. Florida is 42-15-5-0 with 89 points. Orlando, 33-21-4-0 with 70 points. That tells you something right there. A 19-point difference between 1 and 2. Third place is Jacksonville at 32-26-2-2 with 68 points. South Carolina is 28-28-5-0 with 61 points. On the outside looking in are the Atlantic Gladiators at 25-25-7-2 with 59 points. Norfolk is 23-35-3 with 54 points. And Greenville is 21-35-3-3 with 40 points. They are the worst team in the East Coast Hockey League. As you are listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. And before we hit the hard court, we have major news on the gridiron. So I don't know if you've heard yet, but big moves have been happening in the NFL this lately, this week, with free agency happening. The big move, of course, today and last night was Odell Beckham Jr., a huge signing, a guy that I really didn't think that they were going to trade, the Giants were going to trade. I really didn't think so. He gets traded to the Cleveland Browns. And what a supercharged move that this organization has made with this guy. The Browns acquire this three-time Pro Bowl wide receiver from the New York football Giants for Jermiel Peppers, the first-round pick this year, which is number 17, and a third-round pick at number 95. Okay, 
Now you're saying to yourself, folks, I know you're saying to yourself, well, Andy, it, w- was this a good move? Was this a really good move for this organization? I'm telling you, this is this will put you to win the North for the first time in so long. Your odds to win the AFC North have drastically improved. You have Jarvis Landry. You have Odell Beckham Jr. You have Nick Chubb. You have Kareem Hunt. You have Baker Mayfield. You have a new coach in Freddie Kitchens. You have a defense that is totally, totally better. I'm telling you this right now, Browns fans. Yesterday, your odds to make it to the Super Bowl were 40 to 1. After the trade and all of the reconfigurations and all the other moves that are happening, the odds for the Browns to make it to the Super Bowl this year are now 14 to 1. If I were you, and if it was possible to go down to the Hollywood Casino and make that bet, I would make that in a heartbeat, my friends. I would take that deal in a heartbreak. In a heartbeat, excuse me, not a heartbreak, a heartbeat. Because I think the Browns are for real now, folks. I told you this last year, you can't sit the, sit on them because something's going to happen. And sure enough, something has happened. And the Browns made the right moves. They made the right deals. You weren't going to get anything good out of this first round pick. You might be getting something good out of the second round pick. But a first round pick, it's either going to be, would have been a defensive player or somebody, you know, that we wouldn't be seeing as well. Now, can the Browns deal with the drama that is Odell Beckham Jr.? Is Odell committed to playing for this team? Because he wasn't committed to playing with the, with the Giants. But the question is, is the Browns for real? We'll have to find out when training camp starts in August I love it that we're talking about the NFL in March when baseball season's right around the corner and we have NCAA basketball tournament coming up and the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs are happening. But yeah, we're still talking about the NFL. And it goes back to my podcast, one of my podcasts previous. Go find and say, when is it too much football? Sure, this is a big move, a big pickup. You know, I I but I feel this is the this is probably the biggest move that the Browns have made in a long time. Bigger, it was a bigger move than when they moved to Baltimore. I'll tell you that. But we'll see. As you're listening to all of the Alfred tonight, right here 
on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now. And by the way, not to just to cover just one guy, of course, we're just getting word tonight that Blake Bortles from the Jacksonville Jaguars is set to be released and he will become a free agent. That says something too, folks. Other NFL news and notes of a while too. Taryn Coleman signs a two-year deal with the 49ers, a 10-year, $10 million deal. But like I said, that was one of the big things. Eric Berry was released by the Chiefs today. That is a big loss. I think the Browns could go pick them up for basically peanuts. Basically peanuts. Mark Ingram is, sent, is intent to sign a three-year, $15 million deal with the Baltimore Ravens. And Earl Thomas is going to sign a four-year, $55 million deal. $32 million of that money is guaranteed with the Baltimore Ravens. But Le'Veon Bell, everyone's asking, where's Le'Veon going to go? Where's Le'Veon going to go? Well, he's going to go to see my friend Sean Anderson in the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. As he's going to sign a big four-year, $52.5 million deal. You can tell free agency is happening in the NFL. Big free agent moves. And like I said, we're talking about the NFL in freaking... March. We don't play another game until August 1st when they announced the other day where the Hall of Fame game is going to be at and who is playing. It's going to be the Broncos. Broncos are going to play there. So I know my friend Danny Fager will probably be there in Canton watching the Broncos play. I think it's the Broncos and the 49ers. That should be interesting. That should be interesting. What else is interesting, of course... Besides listening to all Andy offer right here on the Anchor Network and on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, as it is time. It is time to break out the brackets. Yes, it is time. It's time to break down the brackets. It's time for the buzzer beaters. And it's time to find Cinderella as NCAA March Madness is underway. Oh yeah, baby. As the March Madness is set to begin one week from today, of course. We're doing the podcast on a Wednesday, on Wednesday the 13th, of course. We will have the final two teams ballot out in the first four. Of course, we're now into championship week. A lot of big games happening in both the ACC, SEC, Big Ten, and of course, the Mid-American Conference. Big games in basketball this weekend, as it is St. Patrick's Day weekend, so we are you're going to have your kegs and eggs, and you're going to fill out your pool sheets on St. Patrick's Day, of course. And um, we're going to start first and foremost with the teams that are local here in the Mid-American Conference. 
the Mid-American Conference Tournament, of course. Tonight's games, there's no men's games tonight. They all tip off tomorrow. Here is the slate of games. Men's games look like this. 16th ranked Buffalo will take on Akron at 12 o'clock. Then 90 minutes after that game ends, which is approximately 2.33 o'clock, Central Michigan will play Kent State. That's at 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. Then 30 minutes after that game, which is approximately 6.30 in Cleveland, the Northern Illinois Huskies will battle it out with the Toledo Rockets. Toledo 25-6, and Northern Illinois 16-6. and And then the nightcap sees the Ball State fighting Cardinals 16 and 6 battling the second ranked in the division in the in the tournament play Bowling Green State University Falcons who are 20 and 11 overall. So that's what the situation looks like this. Then that will lead into the semifinal games on Saturday, excuse me the yeah, semi games on Saturday which leads to the excuse me the semifinal games Friday which leads to the championship game Saturday night that game is on ESPN2. The conference championship semifinal games will be on CBS Sports Network. So that's what the men's side looks like this. And of course, wanted to recap the final game for the Bowling Green State University Falcons last week. We were getting ready for our big game against Akron. The BG Falcons losing to Akron 91-67. As Bowling Green... Loses out Justin Turner 21 points. He was 9 for 18 from field goal range. He Damian Lillard, Antoine Lillard, excuse me, had six rebounds in the game. And Dylan Fry had three assists. But it was Christian Jackson with 31 points overall, 13 for 22 from field goal range. He was one for two from the three throw stripes. And looking at the box score in this game, it was Demario Wiggins only with no points in the game. Turner, 21 points, 9 for 18, 2 for 5 from 3-point range. Lillard, it was Laster with 12 points, 5 for 12 from the field goal range, 1 for 1 from the 3-point arc. So Bowling Green losing to Akron, 91 to 67. Friday set it up, the big game. Bowling Green needed that game against Akron to play for the MAC East Championship. And they lose to Buffalo Friday, 84 to 73. Good game for BG in the game. But they just couldn't get the job done. Nick Perkins scoring 22 points in the game. Justin Turner 17 points for BG in the game for the Falcons. Dylan Fry 8 points, 3 for 9 for the field goal range, 2 for 7 from three po- from the 3-point arc. Demario Wiggins 5 points, 2 for 3 from field goal range. He didn't have a 3-pointer. To save his life in the game. I'll tell you that much. Looking at some of the bench players. Of course Lillard 12 points. 3 for 4 from the field goal range. 2 for 3 overall. From beyond the arc. So Bowling Green losing 84-73. But they got the the third seed overall. Which gets them the pass to the quarterfinals. Which will play Ball State. Tomorrow night, a nine at a approximately nine o'clock tip off at the queue. So a full slate of games tonight, of course, happening in the Mid America Conference. On the women's side of the thing, of the field, we'll talk about the women here in just a second. 
as uh, we had a slate of games that happened on Monday for the tournament. Toledo getting a 67-63 win over Ball State. Bowling Green falling to Kent State overall, 86-62. So the Falcons are out of the tournament. Toledo is playing Miami of Ohio tonight. Of course, that game just underway. Central Michigan was a winner, 88-80 in overtime this afternoon. Buffalo was a winner, 85-52 over Kent State. Northern Illinois was a loser to Ohio, 72-56. So Buffalo will play Central Michigan and Ohio will play the winner of Toledo versus Miami. So those are the that's the action that's going on right now. Let's talk about the Big Ten that's happening. Big games for the Big Ten in the Big Ten Conference. Two games to be of note for the Big Ten Tournament. Nebraska is at Rutgers in round one of the Big, of the Big Ten Tournament. At 9 o'clock, it will be Northwestern taking on Illinois. Thursday sees the slate of games. 12.30 tip-off on BTN. It is 17-14. Indiana taking on 18-13 Ohio State. Penn State will battle Minnesota. 7 o'clock tick. The winner of the winners of those two games that I just mentioned. One will play Maryland at 255. The other will play Iowa at 925. Michigan and Michigan State don't play again, as well as Wisconsin and Purdue do not play until Friday. They'll play the winners of tomorrow's games as well. And diving into the top 25 in college basketball, this is what the rankings look like. Gonzaga is number one at 29-2, but they just recently lost to St. Mary's in college ball last night, losing in the conference championship game. St. Mary's was a bubble team at one point. They're not going to get in. Gonzaga is number one. Virginia is number two. North Carolina is three. Kentucky, four. Duke is five. Michigan State is six. Texas Tech is seven. Tennessee, eight. LSU, nine. Michigan, ten. It is Houston is at 11. Florida State is at 12. Purdue is 13th. Nevada is 14th. Kansas State is 15th. Virginia Tech is 16th. At 17th ranked Kansas, 18th ranked Buffalo, 19th ranked Wisconsin. Wolford is 20th ranked overall. Maryland is 21st ranked. Auburn 22nd. Marquette 23rd. Uh, Cincinnati 24th. And Villanova is 25th. So here is a prediction for you. I'm going to give you who I think is going to be the number one overall seeds. The number one overall seed, I think it's going to go to the Virginia. And we all know how bad Virginia is when it comes to the tournament. They are a flake of a team. They are a flake of a team. Could this be a good ta- good chance for a possible another free lunch from Little Caesars? It's possible. I think North Carolina is a number one seed. I think Gonzaga is a number one seed. And I hate to say this, but I think Michigan State is a number one seed too. Just because of the fact that they could play. It also depends on how they do in the Big Ten tournament. It really does. And we'll see what happens. And by the way, if you are interested, we're having the All Andy Alford 2K19 Bracket Challenge. It'll be taking place again this year. 
Looking forward to having it as well. You'll get it's on the ESPN.com page, of course. You'll have to search it up. I'll also post a link on our Twitter account on at all Andy Alfred. And you can join in. You get two entries, your two best brackets, of course. The winner will get lunch on me, of course. And um, we'll actually actually have you on the podcast and do a segment with you on on the recap of the NCAA tournament. So you have to have either A, a perfect bracket, or your final four be perfect. That is the only rule to the whole thing. Last year we had nobody having a perfect bracket, and I was the only one to get all four. Not all four, but two of the four final four teams correct. So that is your rules. That is the That's the situation. So ESPN.com slash tournament challenge and type in for the group play AAA 2K19 challenge. And we'll post the link for the challenge on the on our face on my Facebook as well as on the show's Twitter page. As you are listening to All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me. Thank you for tuning in, and now we're getting closer to the end of the program, but I want to recap something I watched on Sunday night. So this past Sunday night that took place at Quicken Loans Arena, besides where the MAC tournament is being played at this week, took place a pay-per-view, a pro wrestling pay-per-view. You know, and some of you that are listening to the podcast for the first time, you're saying, Andy, you like pro wrestling? Why, why are you talking pro wrestling on a podcast? Let me tell you something. I grew up watching wrestling. I enjoy watching wrestling. I enjoy watching it on Sunday, and I prefer watching it on Tuesday night because the talent on Tuesday night, in my opinion, is better than the talent that is on Monday Night Raw. So, this past Tuesday, this past Sunday night, was the WWE's final pay-per-view before the big WrestleMania event which was called Fastlane. It opened with the Usos, which is a tag team of Jimmy and Jay Uso, teaming up with the son of the owner of the WWE, Shane McMahon, and a wrestler by the name of The Miz, one of the greatest wrestlers in my opinion. He is one of the best out there. And he was from, he is originally from Cleveland, Ohio. And so they were battling for a chance to win the tag team championships. And yet again, the Miz and Shane McMahon lose the match. And Mike's and uh, the Miz's dad, his name is Mike Mazarian, was there at ringside. And they lose the match. He still goes over to his dad. Give, dad gives him a hug. Raises his hand. And then I thought that Shane McMahon would get attacked by The Miz. Which would set up the pay-per-view event at WrestleMania for Shane versus The Miz. I was wrong. I misread the tea leaves. Shane attacks the Miz, beats the crap out of him, and then attacks his father by choking him. 
it was literally a shock to me. A complete and utter shock. I was shooken by this. Because I wasn't expecting Shane to be the plot twist. I thought it would be The Miz. Which now makes Shane the bad guy, the heel, and now The Miz the face. So, it sets up that yesterday evening, SmackDown took place in Dayton, Ohio. And Shane McMahon came out and introduced himself, introduced everything, and came out and discussed everything. And we find out that he is going to be facing The Miz. He wants to fight The Miz again. And at the grandest stage of all, at WrestleMania. So, to that I say, go Miz. I love The Miz. But the, 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 the whole shocker to me, one of the shockers was the fact that WWE played us as fans with the whole Kofi Kingston situation. I still think that Kofi Kingston deserves a chance at WrestleMania to win, to be a part of the the WWE Championship. He deserved it at Fastlane. And how they wrote him off to have Kevin Owens be a part of it didn't make any sense. And then to have the match on Sunday night be a triple threat just was a slap in the face. But I give I give Mustafa Ali all the credit he all the credit he deserves. He came out and he performed the best of his ability against these two guys. Coming off of the injury that he had, I give him credit for it. Totally give him credit for it. I think, uh, in my opinion, the WWE Championship is a more prestigious championship than that that gorilla that owns it over on Monday Night Raw in Brock Lesnar. You never see Lesnar wrestle on Monday Night Raw. He's a jerk to the fans, jerk to the media, jerk to the WWE itself. You have never seen him wrestle on Monday Night Raw. You see you see Hot Rod run it, and I'll get to her in just a second. But Daniel Bryan is the champion, and I think Kofi can get the job done and win the championship at Marina, and I hope he does. I hope they give it to him because it's setting up for that. We're, we're 20 some odd days out from WrestleMania at MetLife Stadium in New York. So I hope to goodness that they give Kofi Kingston a chance. A chance, at least, to compete for the WWE Championship. I hope they write that in the script. Now I gotta get to Hot Rod. Hot Rod. Ronda Rousey. And this is leading into part one of Andy Rance. Ronda Rousey is the biggest, and part of my language here, I'm going to say it because it's... She is the biggest bitch in the world. She thinks that she is so high up. And this is not just her persona in WWE. No, this is outside of the ring. Saying in a video clip that she... That one of her friends recorded... Now, some people say, oh, it's a fake clip, you know, and she they, they she knew the clip. In my opinion, it looks real. She was playing 
plain and simple, before the pay-per-view, she was out on Monday Night Raw, and she came out and she said, damn the man, screw the woo, and no more Mrs. Nice Bitch. And the only person that she could blame for her character and her persona is herself. Becky and 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 Charlotte run the division. She does not run the division. She's not that great of a, a pro wrestler either. All she has is the arm bar and the jabbing ability and and the and the and the scoop slam. She's as bad as what John Cena is. Cena only does five moves. Ronda Rousey does two. And Ronda Rousey is not that great. Like I said, not that great of a wrestler. She isn't. As she says, she said the other night at at uh, at Monday Night Raw, she says that you would you're all cowards, you know, blah 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 blah. Her character screams off. Listen, she she hates WWE. She doesn't like what creative does for her. So I have one thing to say to Ronda Rousey. Get the hell out. We don't need you. We don't need your attitude. We don't need the whole persona with your what you're doing. That title means nothing to us on Monday Night Raw anymore. You haven't defended it on Monday Night Raw in a while. You haven't moved around in a while. Like, actually had competitor. And when you did, you had a good competitor in Nia Jackson. and she took you to the limit. I'm going to say this too. Ronda Rousey can just go away. And I would be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. I really wouldn't care. WWE needs to do something about this. Give her a suspension for sixty days or six months or whatever, so she can cool off after after the month after WrestleMania. And I think Becky Lynch deserves a chance to be a WWE uh, a, a two time WWE champion, like somebody else that, in my opinion, should either a decide to retire or b get back in the ring. And that's Alexa Bliss. Columbus's own Alexa Bliss. We don't know. We have not seen her perform since. Since last year, we have to go back to last year. She has not performed since Evolution. That's it. That's since Evolution was her last match with Mickey James. And the way that she prouds herself out for the WWE Universe. Just give me a break. Either get back in the ring or announce your retirement like Paige did. Because I am sick and tired of it. And I'm sick and tired of Lacey Evans. Get your ass in the ring. I wish WWE Creative would get her in a ring match. Because not only am I sick and tired of her walking up and down the ramp. Everybody else is sick and tired of her walking up and down the ramp. Get in the ring. Do your job. You're paid to wrestle. You're not paid to be a fashion walker. Get in the ring and wrestle. Plain and simple. 
So that's part one of Andy Rants. And you're listening to all Andy Alford tonight right here in the Anchor Network. Part two is this. The fact that we are now midway point of March and we have not started March Madness is absolutely ridiculous. When I was growing up, the NCAA March Madness began the second week of March. We're in the second week of March. I should be watching basketball right now. Looking at my bracket, written ready for the first week of of tournament play. We keep pushing it back and back. We need it to be in March because it's March Madness. We're going to be playing games into mid-April. So it's going to be March slash April Madness? The NCAA needs to get better with that. And it's going to compete now with opening day in Major League Baseball. It really is. It's going to compete with opening day in baseball. You're going to be watching baseball when you're watching NCAA basketball. Oh, and by the way, you have the NHL playoffs. Happening during the same time. Who thought that was a great idea? And the NBA playoffs at the same time, too. Think, NCAA. We want it in March, not April. Not April Madness. So get it bright. And bring it back to March. Start it right. Third, most importantly. The Jackets have got to get better. They absolutely have to be better. And this game against Carolina is a pivotal game because we win, we jump them in the wild card ranking, and it sets up the game in Boston. We have back-to-backs this week. And it's key that this team gets at least three out of the four points, three out of the four games this week. They have to beat Carolina and Boston. Before they go on this Western Canadian road trip. So get the job done, Jackets. Hopefully you guys are gelling at the same t- at the right time. Hopefully. So. Get on with it. Get on with the end of this program. Because that is what it is right now. Um, and that's going to wrap it up for all Andy offered tonight. Some housekeeping notes to pass along to you. Um, the Jacket game is next Tuesday at 9 o'clock, of course. We'll be doing a podcast next Monday. Um, we'll be back to the normal day on Monday for the podcast. We can do a podcast this Monday because the Jackets were playing the Islanders and they had Boston, so we waited until Wednesday to have those games under the belt to see what would happen. So podcasts will be available next Monday. And I want to thank you for finding this podcast and thank you for tuning in tonight. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. Like I said, we do podcasts every week. And uh, pass this podcast along to those that you want to hear about local sports as well, too. And I want to also say this. I want to congratulate Norfew for a tremendous run this past year in the in the OHSAA hockey playoffs. Unfortunately, they were defeated by St. Ignatius, who were the defending champions in a high school hockey playoffs. 
Good luck to all the high school basketball teams as well as the, as well as the girls and boys basketball teams going forward this upcoming weekend. And, um, yeah, uh, that's going to wrap it up for all Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network. I hope you enjoyed this show as much as I gave it to you tonight, of course. And as always, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, and to my teams, go Jackets! Pick up the pace, beat Carolina, and beat Boston. Let's go while I get right on the winning track. And go Falcons. And go Spartans. Because it's madness time, baby! And let's go Miz. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you guys next week for another edition of All Andy Off right here on the Anchor Network. Love you, babe. Talk to you guys then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. Follow Andy on Twitter. It is at All Andy Alford. Is at all Andy Alfred.